0: Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I have autism, but this podcast isn't really about that exactly.
1: And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Mackenzie. What our podcast is about is conversations and connections.
0: It's about how we are the same and how we are different.
1: For each episode, Mackenzie and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability.
0: Our podcast is called Everybody In, because we are so interested in everybody. So let's get get started. Hey,
1: everybody, I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In a podcast conceived and produced by the Wayfaring Band. And I know you've been waiting. I know you've been excited. We took a little bit of a break, but we're back. It is season two, and I am here with our new co-host, my compatriot, my love, my treasure, the wonderful
0: Mackenzie. Yo, my name is Mackenzie Bove nickel and I'm super excited for season two and everybody in Thanks for joining us, everybody.
1: Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We have a really great show today to kick off season two who is our guest Mackenzie. Jenny Madrano from Building Bridges. That's right. Jenny Madrano from Building Bridges, a partner organization. They're a local nonprofit that uh, we know well and we're super excited to have Jenny here. Can you tell us a little bit about the format Mackenzie what are you because you're taking the lead on this one? So what's tell us a little bit about the format that you've got planned for you and Jenny?
0: Um, I have two questions for Jenny, and she has two questions for me. but hold on,
1: do you know what she is gonna ask you? No, so it's a surprise. Yes, are you scared? I mean a little bit I was gonna say you look a little scared I'm so scared. <laughs> you're so <laughs> scared also, it's like Jenny she's kind of like you know she's she a gets a little storm. mischievous, a <laughs> quiet storm ooh what oh. i like that can we make that a tagline on Ayy. my instagram let's go we've got a new new business card for jenny Madrano, the quiet storm yes um well i'm afraid on your behalf because you know nobody's asking me any surprise questions <laughs> today so um well i think we should get started what do you let's think let's go i'm right. so excited well i'll
0: leave it to you welcome your guests awesome welcome jenny what's up hey. how are you
2: i'm feeling so good and so excited
0: same man i'm feeling
1: amazing and i can't wait before you kick off questions though i just want to hear a little bit more jenny can you just give us a short intro as to who you are who is maybe, Jenny? who is jenny Madrano? yes maybe okay, what you so do or what your passions are just something to give our guests a sense of where you're coming from
2: you know i'm just a human being on that's this it. earth doing this thing that's but it but i guess like professionally and all that well i came to denver uh Six years ago, I'm from the Chicago area, Elgin, Illinois. Woo woo! Hey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nobody knows about Elgin. Um, but yeah. So, what am I doing over here? I've been involved in youth leadership development for pretty much the whole time. And right now, I'm working with an organization called Building Bridges. We're driving a movement of inclusive leadership. So we're basically developing youth and adults in inclusion and equity.
1: Hmm. Nice. What is equity? That's a good question. Are we getting started? Well, no. I mean, I, that's not the first question, it's but it's not, a good question. I I, it's a great is, let's so. no, let's do it now. Yeah. Can you answer for Mackenzie what equity means?
2: Yeah. So equity basically means creating spaces for all people. So spaces that allow people of different financial backgrounds of people of different ability levels of different racial and ethnic
1: identities to thrive in a space. Hmm. One way that I've heard equity defined in the past that is Kind of useful, I think. Um, It's if equality is sameness, equity is fairness. So, um, which I find, you know, that's like a little bit simplified, um, but I think can be kind of useful in terms of thinking about what the difference is between those things. So it's like, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? it's
2: like not only, it's not like, so if I have a chair, let me make sure you have a chair. Right. It's like if I have a chair and you haven't had a chair for 25 years, then I probably need to give you a chair and the tools needed to take that space in the chair because you've been mm-hmm. missing out for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like pay up for like the ways in which
1: you've been missing out. Ultimate fairness. I love this. I mean, that's a juicy question, Mac. You thought you were asking something like straightforward and easy and we could go all day on that, mm-hmm. but let's hold off. Oh,
0: sorry. No. Does that sound like a good <laughs> yes. enough
1: understanding to get understand. started? Yes. Um, and Jenny, so you, you're living here in Denver now coming from chicago you're working with building bridges about doing this movement around youth leadership and also inclusive leadership in general for adults mm-hmm. um awesome i want to hear more oh I you think, will i think <laughs> <you> <laughs> will. <That laughs> all right okay really creepy Mackenzie. it if, sounds creepy <laughs> <like a microphone. laughs> Mackenzie. if you're feeling ready um, um i'd say kick it off with so your first question go.
0: okay what is lit
1: what
2: is lit? What okay, is I feel lit? like even saying that, like I'm not supposed to say that because it feels like I'm too old
1: to say that, but nah. I'm not even
2: that old. Okay, whatever. Listen, what, I'm older than both Ooh.
1: of you, but so before you even answer that question, for maybe some of our listeners who are a little bit older or not quite as hip, <laughs> Mackenzie, because I know this is an important question, you tell us what does it mean? The question, what's lit?
0: Yes, for what for me it means what's going on in life, um, that like, um. Like oh that's lit you know like oh that's cool or oh what's going on in life, not the other lit, just to clarify, but so yeah. So you're
2: not asking me what has
0: caught on fire. Yeah no okay good good no good. no no no. So you're asking no. Jenny what's going on what's, what's going on in into? life what's what are you into what she excited about okay you're excited about what Andrea just said what's, okay what's <laughs> but the
1: actual question is what's lit yes, so okay what's lit? I All have right. an
2: answer. Yes. There's so many things that are lit in my let's life go. right now. Let's uh, go. okay, how do I narrow it down? Can I do two things?
0: Let's do three. Three <laughs> is always Whoa. the best. Okay, then <laughs> then in that case, <laughs> let's
2: go with the personal one of like entertainment wise, what's yeah. lit? Let's yeah, go yeah, let's with go, a professional one of like adult youth partnerships, super nerdy. And even nerdier, let's go with a metaphysics one. Okay. okay I'll try hey, to be go. quick with each let's of them. Um, first one, entertainment wise, the golden age of television, which is now. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Like, I feel like TV keeps getting better and better and better. And these plots are like so engaging and they pull you in. You want to watch all six seasons of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so cool to me. It's not like the repeat sitcom, like, every single okay, time. Okay, okay, it like develops over like 60 episodes, which is mm-hmm. like really amazing to me. Specifically, the show, uh, The OA. Uh, the okay. show on uh, Netflix. Uh-huh. Definitely for like nerdy people who are into like multi dimensions of the universe. You're shaking your head, McKenzie. Like, that's okay. It doesn't have to be your thing. Are you talking season, golden age
1: of TV. Are you talking season two, Jenny? Of the OA. Of the OA? All of it. All of it. I love okay, it. Okay,
2: okay. Um, okay, so that and the marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon Prime. If you oh, have not yeah. seen that, that's really good. Anyways, okay, so that's Wait,
1: don't leave that category yet, because now that you brought up the golden age of TV, Uh I've gotta know Mac, what are you watching? (laughs) Oh what's lit in TV to you?
0: Um I like Orange is the new black. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's kind of slow this season. I'm kinda disappointed. So I (laughs) kind (laughs) of I kind of uh have banned that for a minute. Um I'm just back into watching like the fosters and all of that stuff. So I love I love the fosters.
1: All right. Okay. It's about Good. foster
0: care and adoption Wh- and all of that. What's stuff. that on? Netflix. I haven't watched that. Is Actually. it
1: like a documentary
0: style or no, is it fiction? It's, like, it's on ABC family. Okay. Um, but it's like episodes. And I really love it because I can kind of be there. And it's like they have two um, gay moms and it's like, it just tells a story about how hard it is and how, um, I don't know. You should just watch. What them. do you mean when you say that you feel like you can be there? I mean, because I was adopted. Um, that's about it. I was in foster care, but um, I have a white mom and they have a white mom and a black mom okay. together. So, And you're a black woman. Yeah. With, yeah, with, a, with a white, white mom, mom. okay, But I have a black mom, too. A brown mom. Okay. Yeah. All I right. So relates. the fosters. Yeah.
1: All right yeah okay.
2: okay i think i might have a follow-up for later hmm.
1: you can ask it now while we're on the topic feel free if you if it feels related or table it you know best
2: i think i'll wait because okay. i have two other points <laughs> to the first question <laughs> okay back, to what's, lit. About back to what's lit thank you both for uh, telling no
1: me yes. what to you. add to my queue. okay uh
2: what else is yeah <laughs> i'm glad that you paused and like did that thing though because i started talking really fast talk really fast when i'm excited so (laughs) let me slow down sloth mode the second (laughs) thing that's lit (laughs) is building bridges specifically adult youth partnerships let me tell you about this okay (laughs) tell me about it people think that the the secret to developing youth as leaders is to like give them a few like opportunities here and there and then like call them a leader and then like maybe like I don't know, give them some college preparation classes and stuff like that. But it's I'm learning it's so beyond that. It's literally like empowering youth to be on the same level as adults. So going back to what your question was about equity, this feels like truer equity um, youth development-wise. So let me get specific. We just had an opportunity with our youth alumni from our Transform program to be facilitators at a – educators for justice conference so they spent the whole day yesterday facilitating an oppression workshop for people probably ages 25 and up mm-hmm. and they're like 16 17 18 and they were in charge they did it andrea there was such there was such poise assertion like they were assertive they were in charge confident oh i could cry oh. it was amazing to see them lead adults and the teachers were just so open to their process there was a little bit of challenges that came up um but overall like they left on fire like they they were just like
0: they weren't they weren't lit though right they
2: weren't lit on Uh, on, like actual fire but they were lit on like the cool (laughs) version of fire
0: they were on point yeah they were on point yeah yeah
2: and they were like on top of the world and i was like wow everything that we think that young people can do They can do more. Mm. It's just a matter of like holding that standard for them and seeing them rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
1: It's interesting. Mackenzie, how old are you? You can do it. Mm -hmm. She's thinking. I'm 24. (laughs) You're 24. And it's interesting, Jenny, hearing you talk about working in youth leadership because, Mac, you had a pretty interesting youth leadership opportunity this year um, that kind of reminded me of that. Can you share a little bit about the youth ambassador
0: yeah. Thing that happened. Um, so I'm a youth leader, I guess, in um, Special Olympics, um, Colorado. Um, me and my partner were able to go to Abu Dhabi. Um, wow. Cool. Yeah, it was amazing. I missed that place. It was <laughs> magical. Um, and we got to, like, sit in conferences and, like, learning how to be a better leader um, and teach other leaders how to be so successful. So I kind of relate to, like, your, what, building bridges is. Awesome. Um, And so um, we got to do a whole bunch of leadership stuff. We got to go to a school and watch, like, a unified team play um, so we can bring it back to Colorado to teach other schools how to support their um, like friends with IDD and not with IDD, um, just mm-hmm. like being leaders and all of mm-hmm. that
1: stuff. It's a couple of things that I just want to jump in on here. That so IDD, of course, being intellectual and developmental disabilities. I know that's a shorthand in our community that we use a lot, saying IDD to describe intellectual and developmental disabilities. But no, not everybody uses that necessarily as much. Um, but then Mac, when you're talking about doing that, having had that experience, have you ever felt? I don't know. Like, have you ever been in a position like what Jenny's talking about, where you're trying to lead people
0: who are older than you? Like, what's that like? I mean, it is kind of hard because they don't really understand. They think we're just, you know, I'm just saying it because we can say it. Um, But I know we can show them we can teach them actually better than like their same age, Mm -hmm. I guess. Hmm. Um, um, And why do you think that is? Because we have, a, w- I feel like the youth have more, um, they see more than older people are, I guess, or they, I mean, like, so, you know, older people are, like, super cool, and they think they know everything, <laughs> but sometimes they really don't know everything, mm. and um, I feel like the youth are, you know, there's, they're going to, like, start running the world and stuff because they're, like, so educated and more like, understanding, I guess. Mm.
1: Jenny, what do you think? I mean, does that is that your experience, too, working from the perspective that you have?
2: Totally. I feel like the depths of wisdom that young people have, specifically, like, ages, I'll say, 14 to, like, 25, mm. that is so underestimated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think, even though people have been 14 to 25, when they get to like mid 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, they forget that they've lived through hard things when they mm. were young. Mm. So, like, what I'm constantly reminded of working with our youth at Building Bridges and the other youth I've worked with is that like death, trauma, um, hardship in families, friends, that doesn't discriminate by age. Yeah. It happens mm-hmm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I know that from my own life. And I feel like unless we like give youth the spaces to talk about those depths of wisdom, they just kind of sit inside of them and it's frustrating right to have this truth and that you could share with the world to actually help people and not have a chance to share it because
1: people discount your ability to teach. Yeah. That's really interesting what you just said because the experiences that you mentioned are not like school or like because there are plenty of human experiences that are based on having to be around a while right like we learn more the older we are we Mm -hmm. absorb more knowledge but some human experiences like death or some traumas it doesn't that can happen when we're young it can happen when we're middle-aged when we're older um so yeah that's a lot of experience left on the table if we're not listening to those voices uh that is lit mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> very cool okay so that was the professional one mm-hmm. we still oh, have yeah. one more huh? do i still have
2: time for that one of course okay yeah. well let me jump into it so it's metaphysics basically uh this idea of frequency that i've been so hyped about so i think like i don't know i hate how much science in like spirituality is divided in our society because there's so many things that point so many links in science that point to like a greater spirit and then vice versa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so one of those things is frequency. And what I'm learning is that everybody has an energetic frequency in which they like resonate at. So we have like a number, like 450 Hertz or like 530 Hertz of um, energetically. I don't really get this completely, but it's so exciting to me. Uh, so when we come into contact with each other or basically anything in the world, nature, um, a brick building, a dog, everything affects our frequency, and we pick up on it. So, the more that we're feeding ourselves, nurturing environments, the higher our frequency goes, and the the more we attract things of like frequency. Mm. So, implications for life for me has been, I have been working to really speak self love into myself and be around things that, that make, make me you. feel happy. loving and happy. And then I feel like that just multiplies how many loving and happy things continue to take place in my life. Mm. It feels kind of revolutionary to me because for so long, I think I've just been like, I have to work really hard and fight for the things that are going to make me happy. But really, if I'm just living in a state of gratitude and happiness, those things naturally Mm.
1: come to me. Mm. That's so cool. (laughs) That is super cool. That's deep. What do you think, Mac? I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you've got a good gratitude practice in your own life?
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I love sloths. So I feel like my what are, like the number your frequency, my heart yeah. uh-huh. is like super slow, and because I'm like mellow too. Ah. But so, yeah, I can see, I can see. Like when I'm playing sports, like I'm like all in. But like when I'm just hanging out with. Like, you guys, it's, like, super chill and loving and all of that stuff. I think one of the things that I think is cool
1: about what I heard you say, Jenny, is um, for me, that kind of was an aha moment I had some years ago where I realized that, for me, happiness is directly proportional to gratitude. Mm. Um, Yes. And it was just sort of this thing of, like, oh, that's it. It's not about stuff. It's not about accomplishments because I grew up, like, as an achiever, you know, and like trying to get a lot of my validation from achieving and it doesn't work because th- it's, there's never enough, you know, there's no, um, amount of achievements that I have found that feels like enough. Um, but if I switch it to gratitude, it becomes proportional where it's like everything that I can acknowledge that I'm grateful for makes me feel good and makes me feel like I have enough because it's all about, Instead of being like I want the most, it's I want the base, the, the bottom, just the bare minimum because if I, I actually don't want too much when I think of it that way, I want just enough to live and then I want to share, um, which for me has been like really transformational in terms of just being like, oh, right, because I don't want to have more than someone else. Um, if it takes away from their happiness, right? So I I want, that's why the gratitude, um, orientation is just, I don't know, just totally flipped me. So I resonate a lot with what you said. I think that's cool.
2: Yeah. And two words that come to mind when we're talking about this, that I've been talking about a lot. So people who know me will probably be annoyed to hear this again, but just the words of abundance and scarcity Mm -hmm. have changed my mindset. So like if I'm living like right now, I'm living in a small house with a roommate have like a couple of really good friends, a good job. Um, My car's a little janky, but it works. Mm -hmm. I could either view that as like, wow, there's so much that I need. Like when am I ever going to have that nice house and all these things? Mm. Um, Or I could view it as like, I really have a great life. I actually have all that I need. So now that flip Mm. into abundance, anything that I get from this second forward that's an add-on is additional, a bonus. So it's like complete abundance because it's like, On top of the ice cream sundae, Mm. here's some more sprinkles. Here's a cherry. Here's some fudge. Like the ice cream was already great, but now I'm getting like all these toppings. Hmm. So it's helped me, like, really shift just like my day to day experience.
1: I'm like very proud of you for coming up with three things that are lit. (laughs) And I don't think we should feel shy about that because we're living in a time where we need to hear about what's lit. It's good. Right. Amen to that. You know? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, let's not be shy about the things that are working. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Jenny. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Man. Mac. Who could beat that? <laughs> well, don't worry. You don't have to do the same thing, but are you ready to be surprised? Oh man,
0: let's go. Okay. Let's I hear what Jenny has prepped let's for go. you. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So
2: part of my role at building bridges is to develop good questions as a facilitator. <laughs> so I've been here like, Moving my fingers like trying to figure out the best question, <laughs> know, Mackenzie. All
0: like holding her hand. She, she, looks, <laughs> like, <laughs> she looks like she legit looks like precious. Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah, no, she looks like Mr. Burns, is, like The Simpsons. Yeah. So
2: my question is, Mackenzie. All right. What is a gem of wisdom, as a twenty-four-year-old, um, quote unquote, younger person in society, that you can offer the rest of the world? No, look Take at me, time. girl. Take your time. <laughs> Think about it. It's there, I'm
0: sure. Um, can you word it a different way? Sure. Okay. So you know how I
2: was talking about how what I'm finding is there's a lot of young people who have these depths of wisdom, things they've learned through hardship mm-hmm. that if they were only asked, they would be able to like oh. speak forever on it. Um, what is that kind of wisdom
0: that you could share with the world? Oh. Huh. Rough. um i guess present like just being in the present is that kind of what you're talking about is? yeah like um being in the present so what has like, taught you to do that and how? i mean because we all have like rough times and like i was getting super stressed about like everything what was going on in my life and so last couple months or you know like this year i guess um I just have to roll with the punches, I guess. So, like, just being in the present and not always putting my mind into saying, oh, I have to go to this, like, do this, that, like, really fast, you know? Um, so, I mean, I'm just, like, putting my mind in the present, I guess. Just being there, being here, and not making my mind wander off to the next thing.
2: Okay, yeah, that's awesome. I think presence is a learned behavior and it's one that a lot of people don't learn until they're later in life. And they're they've lived a life of a lot of detachment from what's happening. And then all of a sudden you're 65 years old and you're like, what, what was my life?
1: I I wasn't even enjoying it. So that's awesome. Yeah. And Mac, if I can jump in, I want to ask to frame it a little another way. So if you had to turn that into advice, for other people, older, younger, whatever, what would you tell somebody about presence? Like how do they get there? For those of us who maybe, because I, I can relate to really struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I want a future trip mm-hmm. and sometimes I get stuck in the past. So if you had to turn it into some advice for me or for anybody else, um, what do you, what works?
0: How do you stay in the present? Uh, what works for me is, um, just taking a deep breath and knowing that you're okay and you don't have to go back in the past um, to figure everything out. Yeah. Um, present is you're just like you're here and just roll with it. don't get going to the future. You just want to stay here.
1: And how did it become important
0: that you learn that? Did you used to do the future stuff and the past stuff? Yes, I mean, I think I just kind of figured that out like a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> um, Because I couldn't fix, I wanted to fix stuff that I couldn't fix. And I think I was just getting a little bit too overwhelmed with trying to be, my, be somewhere that I couldn't be.
1: And sometimes, I mean, listen, take this away from me if this doesn't feel true to you, but like, it does remind me of working in the disability field of some of the realities of like with autism or some of the other kinds of differences cognitively that all of our brains are so different, right? Mm -hmm. That there's sometimes like um, we talk about having to focus or stay present. There's kind of like a casual way that a lot of neurotypical people, like so people who don't identify as having a disability, um there's sort of a casual way we all kind of talk about that of like let's just stay focused stay present but then when we're talking about with a, having cognitive disabilities that can take on a different meaning right mm-hmm. like having to have a tool to not get overwhelmed because like talking about overwhelmed can be emotional for some folks but for other folks it can be like your whole body shuts down yeah. can you talk about Mackenzie what being overwhelmed can be like for you
0: <laughs> so or like what it has yeah. been in the past too um when I get overwhelmed I'm like I just shut down. I don't really talk. I just go into my quiet space and don't really talk to anybody. Um, Or um, I fight and argue or say, oh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like when Andrea tells me if I could do something and I was like, nope, can't. Mm. it's like a straight answer saying no.
1: Like you mean when i ask you if you can come to a board meeting like 4 months in advance and you <laughs> tell me you think you're going to be busy that day and yeah. i'm like excuse me. <laughs> but so it's not actually go. that you're busy necessarily but it's that the question of thinking about the yeah. future is overwhelming. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So being present, i mean i feel like it's more it's helping me more um to find my true self i guess. I'm more calmer. Hmm. And not always in like a light fight or um, shut down mode as much. Dang, you're so self-aware. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: That's awesome, Mackenzie. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that. Thanks for adding that too. That helped deepen that for me a little bit more and just understand more about the stakes, you know, because when you're talking about needing to stay present, we're talking about like high level anxiety or really getting – flooded i mean Mm -hmm. that's something we've talked about in the past of like when uh some of our brains can get flooded with information from the past or the future um the stakes can get pretty high Mm -hmm. in terms of just wanting to stay focused on right now yeah so that's so i heard you say in terms
0: of tools a deep breath uh self-talk okay and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you just have to let it roll off your shoulders and move on what kind of self-talk do you use I mean, I just say I can do it. Don't rush it. Um, hmm. Mostly mostly I just listen to music too, because that kind of helps me get back into my state of mind too. So nice. Some Cardi B. You know? Nice. <laughs> I was going to say, it's so not Enya. Everybody knows Enya? I, no. <laughs> okay, look, I'm a Sorry. little older. I'm, I'm a little bit older than both you of know, you. Do you know Cardi B? yes i know (laughs) oh my gosh i'm not that unlit (laughs) (laughs) except you just said unlit i know just
1: kidding okay um that's cool and it also what you just said there reminded me of what you said jenny about affirmations oh yeah yeah when you said positive
2: self-talk self-talk i'm like oh yeah that has made the difference in my life like I think realizing how negative I used to talk to myself and sometimes still do, do it's just like, why would you do that to yourself? If you have this inward team, it's like you're allowing this team to like tear you down on a daily basis. Hmm. So I've tried to view it that way and like had my my inner voice be more of a cheerleader, as cheesy as that sounds. No, but like someone who's like, you got this. Let's go. Like we got today. Today's a good day. And like, that's okay. Like you said. Today's a new day. If you mess up, just let it go. Mm. Yeah. Let's go.
1: All right. I'm taking a page from both of your books. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, this feels like a really good time to take a quick break. So let's all stretch, unless you're driving, listening to us right now, do not (laughs) stretch. I mean, mean, stretch a little bit. You wanna keep your (laughs) eye on the road. keep your eye on the road, take it easy. Um, But yeah, do what you gotta do. Maybe listen to Cardi B or or Enya. Cardi B break, Enya, you know. Little positive self-talk and we'll be right back. Bye. The Wayfaring Band is an adventure where everybody belongs. But we're not a rock and roll band, are we, Mackenzie?
0: No. So
1: what type of band are we?
0: We are a band of travelers.
1: A band of travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band creates original transformative adventures for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. But who can travel with the band?
0: Everybody.
1: Oh, that's right. Everybody can. Well, as long as they're a grown up, right? I mean, our programs are for adults. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry, kids. But if you're an adult, everybody, you too can travel with the Wayfaring Band. Adults with developmental disabilities, caregivers, students, teachers, professionals, activists, interested community members. All of you are welcome to join us on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it.
0: How can they learn more, Mackenzie? Learn more at www dot the wayfaringband.com
1: let's go all right welcome back thank you for sticking with us yeah yeah <laughs> uh, what we're, else to say i mean, <laughs> I mean we're, yeah. we're having fun in our break we're sitting here talking about doing uh harmonizing singing and you know all kinds Killing of so. <laughs> we had to hey, tell Mackenzie it. who roberta flack was but um, I'm gonna ask Siri after this. Yeah, Siri knows. <laughs> Siri knows, Siri knows Siri and she knows can all. help you. Um, but we're back. So uh, we've been having a great conversation here about uh, about what's lit, about um, also gems of wisdom. Yeah, which was awesome. Thanks, Mackenzie, for sharing no some really awesome tools for staying in the moment, staying present. Um, Mac, let's turn it back to you dun, and dun, have dun. you ask Jenny your second question okay
0: are you ready (gasps) hold on let me take a deep breath because i'm taking your (laughs)
2: advice because i just learned if you want
0: to be present take a deep breath okay okay i'm ready let's go everybody needs help sometimes what do you need help with
2: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) i don't like that question i think like my learning track and like growth curve as a person has been independence and like mm-hmm. i like i moved out here and i have no family out here my family's still in elgin um so i've been like learning what does self-sufficiency look like and independence so when you ask me everybody needs help what do you need help with i'm like that's what i'm trying to
1: avoid yeah and jenny when you moved out here were you i mean so you moved away from your whole family did you know anybody out here or- no like i literally hadn't even
2: heard of the city of denver until i I know isn't that weird (laughs) that is well it's probably like a lack of geography in public (laughs) schools (laughs) 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 hashtag education reform (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i didn't really know denver at all heard about a leadership program kind of came out here on a whim and my family drove me out here and then when they left it was like immediate like sadness like a punch Hmm in my stomach because I, I depended on them so much. And for the first two years out here, like almost every day I'd be like, this is just so I can move back to Chicago and change the education system. Like I'm moving back to Chicago. I'm going to move back, going to move back. Then all of a sudden, like third year, like switched and I'm like, wait, living on my own is one of the most empowering experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard for me to imagine moving back to Illinois. So, family, if you're listening to this, I'm mm. sorry. I really <laughs> like Denver. Maybe I'll move back. I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: what kind of help... Here's another way for us to approach the question. What kind of help, Jenny, did you miss when you did go out on your own? So, if you if you used to get some help from your family, what did you miss when you became separate from them? Um. Or what was that dynamic, I suppose, before?
2: So... One person that's been so helpful to me in my life has been my dad, Ignacio Medrano. It's a great name. He Um, is a great name. So he is amazing. Shout out to you, Pa. I love you. (laughs) But like really, he helped me with everything, especially when it came to like logistic stuff or like practical stuff like car insurance, figuring Mm. out rent, figuring out jobs, like any job I've ever taken. I've always called my dad or talked with my dad, consulted with him before because he has so much wisdom mm-hmm. he's he's came here from mexico like he's lived quote unquote the american dream and i don't think it's because this country has been set up for him to do that i think it's because mm-hmm. he's worked his butt off to be where mm-hmm. he is and like he's learned so much so anyways um like one thing that i've recently i could share about a time that i've recently needed help and i was afraid to ask but people help me anyway mm-hmm. is that cool yeah Okay, so recently my car got stolen. Oh, if you're out there listening to this and you stole that car, <laughs> I just want to <laughs> let you know I forgive gonna you. you down, oh, I you forgive you. You're forgiving. Yes, because I don't want to hold grudge against you. Yeah. Okay, you know? So yeah, I I got it stolen, and I just got into the independence mindset, and I was like, I have to handle this all on my own. But there's mm. a lot you can't handle when your car is taken away from you mm-hmm. um, on your own. Like I could take public transportation and um, Ubers and stuff like that but a lot of my work consists of having to be at a place at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So having this obstacle like forced me to rely on my coworkers and my friends and all different people in my community and um, one thing that was amazing that happened was my car ended up being found um, and it was in really bad condition um, especially inside like it was so disgustingly dirty it was just disgusting stains and all this kind of stuff Um, and a lot of people that I work with came together and they bought me this gift certificate to get my car cleaned like the best detail available. Mm. Andrea was one of those people. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Andrea. Yeah, yeah. I Let's go, Andrea. I love you. I love you. But that was just like, it made me cry. I was like, wow, like here I am trying to do everything on my own. And like, I don't always have to do everything on my own. Hmm. Like, I can ask for help. I and sometimes you, I you. when you're not going to ask for help, people are still observing and they're still willing to help. And that's hmm. what I learned. And um, yeah. So, oh, okay. Talking through this one thing made me think of another thing that's like a relevant ask for help. And that is, again, with my job, like, I just, I feel like building bridges is this, like, golden tool. So, like, imagine if, like, you were working in the field of mechanics. I don't know much about mechanics, but let's say you found this wrench that, like, all you had to do was, like, tap it on the thing and it, like, completely fixed an engine. I feel like that's what we have. Hmm. This tool that is, like, has figured out a model to tap into, like, hard conversations about race, sexuality, gender, age. And our model allows people to be transformed with, with, with like, a tap. Mm. It's just, it's like this amazing tool, but yet we're such a small organization and we have such a small reach that my ask is that we could have people spread the word on the good work we're doing at Building Bridges. We have freaking youth who are able to facilitate workshops on oppression like that doesn't happen so if you're out there and you're curious please visit our website uh, buildingbridgesshift.org and um, tune into the kind of trainings that we're having and the opportunity to have youth facilitate your events or our adults facilitate your events like we really got a good grip on
1: this inclusion and equity stuff and we would love to help you that's awesome and i think sometimes we can kind of forget like there are some people who have a job where it's like, oh, you get paid, you go to work, you you know, you do your thing, and you go home. Um, but in the social sector, in the nonprofit world, it's like the bl- the lines are a little more blurred, right? It's like we're putting in time, but there's I don't know. I often think of it. It's not the kind of thing that we can just clock out, right? When we're talking about social change, it's not just like, oh, you know what? It's five p.m. I don't care about anti-racism anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we got to do that every day, all day long. And so <laughs> having that that. Thing of like what kind of help do you need what do you need help with um I need help like spreading the word about the work that we're doing because it's important and and people need it and we want to make sure that we're getting this done
2: yeah sometimes I feel like I get so up in my pride I don't know if y'all can relate to this but I'm like I don't need to ask people because mm-hmm. we, we got mm-hmm. such a great thing going that we'll find the right people but, but then I have to humble myself and be like wait like maybe people just don't know like maybe people just don't know that we exist and we have this amazing thing going on so that's why i just want to spread the word if we can
1: that's great we'll add the really buildingbridgesshift.org into our liner notes but also if you are an organization a for profit company a school like any any type of a group of people and you want some help navigating Anti oppression, anti racism in particular, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, really anything, transforming difficult conversations and conflict. That is exactly the kind of thing that facilitators from Building Bridges can help you do. So hit them up or hit us up and we will connect you. Um, We're we're speaking from experience (laughs) at the Wayfaring Band. A robot. Thank you. (laughs) I am a robot, but when it's for social good. Um, But no, I'm speaking from experience because like actually, you know, I mean, Jenny knows this, but like (laughs) I've contracted with Jenny one-on-one to um, consult with me particularly before I had to do some tough conversations and professionally and uh, otherwise. So yeah, I mean, and also Building Bridges is one of the organizations that we use to train our road staff, like the folks who are doing our programs on the road, are going through their culture training with building bridges. So so I didn't even know that. That's cool. Yeah, girl. But Mac, when you hear Jenny talking about that independence lifestyle, like ba- back like she was saying at the beginning, and about having a hard time sometimes asking for help because she feels like she's working so hard to like be an independent woman.
0: Can you relate? I can. Tell us more. Um well, I'm a college student and um, you know, like getting help from like asking to help write a paper or questions. I don't really like asking for help anyways, and so I try to figure it, um myself out like you do. Same. <laughs> and um, I mean, I'm still kind of like that, but um, just like a, I don't know, hopefully this year will be a little bit better. Um, I'm going to ask for help more and not um just assume that i can do stuff by mm. myself mm. who Dance are you gonna for ask that? for help ghostbusters oh <laughs> yeah. walked right into that <laughs> one <Yeah. laughs> I it already. I <laughs> let's go um i mean my support system i guess i can help Well, ask for help i guess hmm. my support system because they mostly they know me and how i learn and um just my personality i guess nice so are you guys willing to read a paper if i have to do it oh yeah
1: i'm yeah. all yeah. about it all right cool i'm 100 i am i would sign up for that support system it's even a if journalism i class. didn't
0: know i was already in it it's a journalism class so i'm out just my heart just dropped <laughs> oh, that sounds great <laughs> yeah but that's cool. I guess me and your your goal and my goal is going to ask for help, more help. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. I Let's yeah, go. you got me thinking on who I need to ask for help,
2: but yes,
1: mutuality. You know we're <laughs> hey. all about that mutual aid. That's um, cool. well, great question, great answer. That's um, nice. great to-do list, hey. ask each other for help. <laughs> but uh Mac Are you ready for Jenny's final question? Yes.
0: Let's go. (laughs) (sighs) Okay.
2: So uh, one thing that's coming to my mind as we talk about just like a lot of the similarities that we have. So as you've heard a little bit of me talk about my work and how I work in the inclusion and equity sphere, fancy language for talking about uh, bringing people together across identities and talking about hard things that we don't like to talk about. AKA okay. the elephant in the room. Aye. So my question's kind of along those lines. So I know that people listening can't see us currently as human beings. We also have a good diversity of skin colors in this room. Yeah. Let me just point that out. Okay. So I identify as uh, a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Latina, Mestiza, Mexican-American, all those things. And... I'm wondering, so this is a two-part question, I guess. First, right. how do you identify racially? And second, can we have a conversation about how we get along across racial lines?
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, we can. I'm down. Um so I'm African American. Okay. Um I kind of joke around like I'm like the whitest black person ever cuz my mom's white and so um Yeah. So I'm like white inside, but black outside. I relate. Mm -hmm.
2: I relate. Because like for me especially, I struggle when it comes to language. So a lot of people assume that because I'm Mexican-American, I grew up speaking Spanish. And I think that was always my parents' intention uh, to teach me it. But Because they encountered like a lot of racism in their mm-hmm. neighborhood that they were in. And every time they spoke Spanish, they got dirty looks. This was back in the 90s. Like they kind of were more hesitant to speak Spanish to us in public. Mm. So then as a result, I didn't really learn Spanish till I was a teenager in high school. Mm. And uh, that really always made me feel like what you're saying. Like I was too white. Mm-hmm. I was too white of a Mexican Um so, I guess, like, along those lines, I'm wondering what do you feel? How do I word this? Hmm. So, if you identify as African American, I identify as Latina. Like, how do you think our relationship in society, African Americans and Latinos, could get
0: better? Okay. I'm going to tell you the story real quick. Yes. About what happened. So, I used to live on the north side by, like, North High School and, like, Lodo, some Valley type of situation, Jefferson Park. And, like, I was the only African-American kid there. Um, we just moved in, I feel like. And I was, like, playing, I think, with a basketball or I don't know what I was doing, actually. And I was like, hi, you want to be friends? And this uh, Latino kid's like, I don't talk to black people. And so yeah. And so um I was like I didn't understand cuz I, I think I was like 7 or 8 at the time. And so I just walked away and I went to go tell my mom and she's like, "Yeah, people just really don't understand. They have their own little group groupings. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have my little groupings. because I was like the only African American kid over there." Um but then years went past, I mean, I guess months went past, and then I found one of my friends, like, she's not really my friend anymore, but, um, she had, um, two other sisters, and, like, I just really wanted to be friends with them, but I didn't really know how to, you know, communicate that, too, because I have autism, and so I would just go, like, step by step, and she was Latino, too, um, and, um, like, it was a whole different, like, story, Like I mean, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, she was super nice, her mom was nice, uh, her sisters were nice, her dad was, n- I don't know if he was Mexican, I think he was probably white, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but he was super mean, um, so I was, like, never felt really safe, like, over there, but when they came to my house, or we would just play outside, I felt super good, um, but... I mean, from now, like now, I feel like um, we both have the same color, kind of, like you're just a little lighter than me, but I feel both like, brown. yeah, both brown, mm-hmm. um, we have bones, we have the same, well, not same blood, but we have blood, and so I just feel like we're, we're connected in so many ways, mm-hmm. and people just don't really see that,
2: yeah, yeah, or they're just I
0: biased,
2: And I feel like, if I could be really honest with you, Mackenzie, I feel like there's an elephant in the Latino, or I say, I've been saying Latino, but uh, more gender inclusive way to say it would be Latinx, uh, which I still kind of like forget to say sometimes, including all genders. Um, But I feel like something, the elephant in the room in the Latinx community is anti-blackness. Because I feel like there's a lot of racism that happens within our community towards people of darker shades of brown and having this conversation with you like i feel grateful for this because mm-hmm. i feel like i rarely get to have it yeah. so like i'm i'm i feel good to hear that you had multiple experiences with latinas it mm-hmm. sounds like um one being very bad and them being you know biased prejudice racist mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it and the other one a friendship um but i feel like a lot of times that doesn't get to happen mm-hmm. and then there's one negative experience either in the latinx community or the african-american community that kind of like ruins it so that the, we remain it. segregated
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i guess this this means like me and you just have to go walk around and hold yeah. gifts <laughs> <laughs> or something in both of our communities i guess um can i ask well, a question yeah so,
1: And I want to first acknowledge, so I'm a white woman and is it all right if I want to ask a couple clarifying questions? Is that okay with both of you? Sure. Yes. Yes? Um, Thank you both for what you're sharing just from your personal experience and then also from more of a community, maybe wide experience. Um, Jenny, I'm wondering just to add some context. So what I heard you say, Mackenzie, was um, you shared some really personal experiences about how this question that Jenny brought up has impacted you in a really specific and personal way. Jenny, can you share, would you be willing to share, for the benefit of folks who may not come from either of these communities or may have different experiences, a little bit more about, and again, these are tough because these are generalizations, right? When we talk about groups and not individuals, we move into generalization territory. But can you share a little bit more about what some of the legacy of of that distrust might be or or in your experience or in your perspective for folks that are may, maybe white folks who might be listening or folks who are from other identities that maybe don't know about some historic anti-blackness in the Latinx community or maybe distrust in the black community? Yeah, I feel like that's a complicated
2: okay. question, mm-hmm. but I can give a little bit of background, mm-hmm. historical background. So the Latinx community is very, very diverse racially. Mm-hmm. And I think that people forget that. Mm-hmm. They think that we're just like this one group of like tan, medium brown shaded people. Mm. But w- the truth is we range in skin color from the whitest of the white, blonde hair, blue eyes mm-hmm. to the darkest of the dark. And it's like we have all this variety to the point where we've had our own internal racist system set up Mm -hmm. because we're this mix of like some like African roots, indigenous roots and uh, European roots. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I could speak from my own perspective, because I can't speak Mm -hmm. for everybody. um, I feel like I've had to learn as a mestiza. Mestizo means mixed roots, Mm -hmm. a mixed heritage. And I feel like I have this, kind of inner conflict always living inside of me which is the colonizer um fist to fist with the colonized Hmm. so I got both of me Mm -hmm. I got the Spaniard that went into Mexico and like wreaked havoc and did all sorts of terrible things and the indigenous person who was um harmed by that and that has created who I am as a Mexican Hmm. so I think in my observations of the Latinx community, I think a lot of us have this internal struggle going on that has contributed to a lot of our anti-blackness and anti-indigenous kind of ways because um, there's like some derogatory terms in Spanish towards the indigenous because we don't want to be, I will not even say we, because a lot of Latinx people don't want to be those people again because they were oppressed and they were quote-unquote weak. Mm. But there's like a subset of people like me who are reclaiming Mestizos, who are mm-hmm. reclaiming our indigenous heritage, our Afro-Latino roots, and being proud of it. Mm. Um, so I hope that gives context. That's really
1: helpful. And also, I mean, I've heard the word uh, colorism, too, right, to describe kind of that racism that applies to different shades of skin tone in various communities. Does that, is that a word that you've heard used?
2: Totally. Okay. I don't know if a lot of Latinx use that, to be honest. like I think that's part of that subset of the new Mm -hmm. group kind of diving into those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I can't even think of the word in Spanish. I just know that there is... That would be the best way to describe it. Colorism is what's happening, yeah.
1: Well, and one of the things that it makes me think of, Jenny, when you're talking about that, is that when the consequences can be deadly, in terms of like why people who are already being oppressed might then develop some oppressive behaviors, right? When you talk about your parents being afraid to speak Spanish in public, for example, because the co- the stakes are so high in terms of the negative consequences that they would receive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, inter- this tension inside of you that you're talking about, um, it gets a little easier, at least for me, to understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a woman, I know that there, there are times when I am working against myself. Mm-hmm. I work from a patriarchal perspective And can be hard on myself as a woman, because I live in a patriarchal culture that, you know, that where it's not easy to be a woman. And sometimes I participate in that. Um, I am curious when you're talking about sort of that tension, you said fist to fist of the colonizer and the colonized. It kind of just reminds me and I don't know, Mackenzie, if this feels relevant at all, but it reminds me of what you said earlier about feeling white on the inside but living as an African-American on the outside, do you feel like there's an overlap there? Or when Jenny's talking about fist-to-fist, that tension, does that does that feel relevant to that, or is that a, a separate issue?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I mean, I guess because my mom's white, though so I feel like I have to act like, act white so like we don't have like soul food or you know we have like i mean like she's a chef but um we don't really go into my roots of black i guess i don't know, mm-hmm. know. maybe ish so then circling
1: back around to jenny's original question if i could about and then see if this question has evolved jenny or if it still feels like what you want to ask but about how can relationship the relationship between the Latinx community and the African-American community improve? Mm-hmm. And I heard you say, at one level, Mac, I heard you say, maybe kind of jokingly, but tell me more about it, because um, I, I don't know that it's totally a joke, but that you and Jenny walking hand-in-hand mm. hand out in the world, um,
0: does that feel like a solution to you? I mean, yes and no, because people are just like, what are they doing? <laughs> um, but I really do think we are, like, we both were enslaved, you know. I think, yeah, because we were, we our uh, ancestors were enslaved, and so we are actually in the same way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people that aren't black or Latino um always assume that we're always in the wrong. Mm. Um, so we get punished for that. So I feel like we just need to come together and just say we are in the same situation um, and we just need to show show up, you know?
2: Yeah, and you talking about that makes me think of trying to answer my own question. Hmm. Um, And I'm like, I don't know, like in the same way that I expect that um, we can't just bring white people and um, people of color, brown or black people, together and like just decide that we're all going to, like, I guess, hold hands and, like, have this kumbaya moment. In the same way that I can't expect that from white people, I feel like I shouldn't expect that of my own people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, mm-hmm. like, like, mm-hmm. how do we bring Latinx and African-American people together, but then also have a really hard, honest conversation of what our relationships have been like? Because if, like, if you want to get into it, there's different levels of privilege. Like, we haven't mm-hmm. really talked about... Mm-hmm documented or undocumented status but being a citizen of the u.s versus being someone who's undocumented Mm -hmm. is a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm. you know totally so it's like yeah i agree i feel like we've both been enslaved in different ways Mm -hmm. and pushed out of our own land and moved and and oppressed and all these different things um so how can we like come together on that but also acknowledge
1: the ways in which we've hurt each other in your experience jenny as somebody who works every day in conflict transformation can you say a little bit and I don't know if this feels relevant to you so tell me if it does but it feels relevant to me the difference between why you use the phrase conflict transformation instead of moving out of the old phrase conflict resolution yeah would that be an appropriate thing to kind of get into now I mean that feels relevant to what we're talking about right now
2: yeah it does um what's your question again my question is can you
1: first say a little bit more about why like what is conflict transformation compared to conflict resolution and why might it apply to this conversation we're having about race
2: yeah i um i will say i think there's a time and place for both Mm -hmm. i think there is still a time and place for a conflict resolution um and getting those solutions quicker solutions to move forward but Yeah, you're right. My work is mainly in conflict transformation. And basically what that means is we acknowledge that to be able to transform um, around identity based conflict, it's going to take time, like a long period of time, and it's going to be a process. And unless you're willing to lean into that process, sit in the discomfort, talk through the mess and then come out on the other side, then it's it's really not for you. Like if you're willing to lean in, then that's conflict transformation. Um, it's more longer term and hmm. and development. So yeah, I feel like this, this conversation is really drawing that out. Um, that, that approach, that's the approach I guess I take on life now. So you saying that made me just realize like maybe in uh, like a, five years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, like this it's really hard to be a Latinx or African American person. But yeah, l- at least we can be friends. The mm. end. <laughs> but now I'm like, Yep, it's hard. And mm. dot dot dot. Let's keep doing it. Mm. I don't know. I have no I have no answers for you. Mm. You know, and I think that's totally fine because to think that we can come up with a solution is like whatever's the case for today, twenty nineteen, is not gonna be the case in twenty thirty one. Hmm. So we need to be able to continually change and adapt to the times and be relevant in our approach to conflict.
1: Mm. And the work that we're doing doesn't necessarily mean that the work, that work, that same work is being done in the other person that we might be interacting with. Right. right? Mm -hmm. It's like I, I as an individual can make a commitment to growth and to living in discomfort and trying to hang in there um, and taking some action in my own life. But then there's the world. Right. And so, Gotta yeah, be able to like navigate that too. Um, Mac, do you have any other final thoughts about that? Shaking your head. You know what's interesting though is like I love what Jenny said about it's just gonna take time. Like, I don't have any answers for you. But I also love what you said of like, well, we're gonna hang out and that's gonna be that. (laughs) I mean, like, we're literally leaving this episode to go have dinner. Right, yeah. (laughs) We're gonna go get it. We're gonna go have a crawfish boil like after this. And I'm like, and and sometimes I'm like, it's not a band aid, it's not a solution, but it's dinner, Mm -hmm. it's community, it's it's conversation. And I, with the long term stuff, I don't know where else to start except for doing what Jenny did and saying, I have a question that I want to say out loud. Just the naming. I mean, that I know in your work, Jenny too. Naming is a fundamental early part of any conflict work is mm-hmm. being, a, we got to say out loud what you've been calling the elephant in the room. Yeah. And the elephant's always changing and no one of us maybe can fix it, but maybe it doesn't have to be I'm fixed. I'm going to fix it. Just I'm just naming. I'm not going to fix Mackenzie's it. Mackenzie's going to fix and it. And it. it's like, it's a both it.
2: and like, I don't know if that was clear in what mm. I was saying, but it's like, it's a going out for a walk and holding hands and bringing together like two big groups of people to have this hard conversation. Like it's, yeah both relationship building and systemic change both need to happen one can't happen without the other yeah and then like one more shout out i know i keep talking about it but like building bridges we want to be a home for that kind of conversation yeah like we recently did a whole um people of color poc focused event called wednesday wind down where we talked about colorism Mm. we brought together latinx and african-american people and we had the hard conversation and that was just a start Mm -hmm. like the possibilities are endless in terms of how this could continue
1: Oh, so we're going to keep it continuing here. We want you to keep it continuing there. Um, I think we're out of time, but dun, dun, dun. thank you all.
0: Thank you both. Thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you. Yeah. I was like really nervous <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. This was think. like
2: so fun and like needed.
0: All right. Well, we're going to keep doing what we're
1: doing. You keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny, for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thank listeners, for tuning in, and we Thanks. will catch you next time. Fifth. Goodbye. Bye bye. Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Later, alligator.